Amen. Praise God. Well, how many of you are ready for the next year? Actually, you know, this year isn't over with yet. We can still complete some things. Got anything you have left that we're supposed to do? <laughs> so I, I, I wonder about this. Did anybody actually have some goals or some resolutions? I don't really do the resolution thing. I think it's it's a resolution, but I just don't call it that. Maybe it's like, you know. I, I noticed the, the health club gets really busy. And then it kind of peters off after a little while. And so I have to wait till then to come on. But uh, uh, so how many can remember any of your resolutions from last year and how they went? <laughs> Don't pay attention to my smart aleck eyes. You have to be nice to me today. I'm just kidding. No, I, I'm actually in adoration. She really is great. No, it's just because my word was intentional. I know, I know. That's where so. I was going to say, just kind of go, what was it again? Everything um, was done in, in and if you don't do it intentional, then exactly what happens is you it falls to the wayside and you forget and you don't do it. You got to write it down. We're going to talk about that today, and uh, and there's some things you have to do intentionally or it just doesn't happen from January to December. Every day, you know, they say that a writer, oh, who was it we we heard speak that time? He said, um, oh, it was uh, John. He said, I have to write every day, even on Christmas. Uh, or he does, or it doesn't get done. You have to. He said, like, Maxwell, John, Maxwell "John Maxwell keeps a pen and a paper in his pocket, and it's every a, day he writes something, and that's the way you intentionally change your life. Is you have to do something every so day." Even on Christmas, okay, can you inquire something on Christmas? Why? Because it's important enough to do anything. Yeah. So, did anybody actually remember, other than my wife, in her word intentional? So, so things actually drop off, and, and you know, um, and I don't think we have to feel bad, but I think we can look back and we can say, okay, what, what did get done? Because there, there was, the reason why we're here right now is because we decided to do some things, and we, we actually were intentional about some things. I mean, we live in Texas now. What do they say? Uh, I wasn't born in Texas, but I got here as quick as I could. I... Some were born in Texas. But it's really not my testimony. I never planned on being a Texan, but I'm a Texan, and, and I'm, I'm grateful to God that I'm a Texan. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I grew up in Colorado, and all the Texans came up there so cocky, and they're so, you know, they thought they owned the mountain, and they're shooting everything, <laughs> and it's like, go back to Texas, you know, go back. But now I'm one, so I have to. I'll be the good one. I'll be the one. <laughs> it's not. All right. Any, anyway. Um, uh, but we are where we are today because we were intentional about something. And what does it take for that to happen? And what is the challenge that, that we face with this? And, and I just want us to, th these will be some tools, I believe, today that God, God gives us to be able to accomplish this. You know, we are there's some natural principles that, I mean, you can go, go online, you can get some kind of motivational thing, you can get these basic ideas. But if we're getting God involved in this, and God's going to be a part of our life, it's not going to be a small thing. And, and I'm kind of prepping us for what's going to start next week. Because there, there needs to be a purpose when we're fasting. <laughs> not just a weight loss program, you know. Uh, I'm going to lose some weight. But that's not why I'm doing this. And, but, and so I... I want us to let, let what we're going to see today be a, an integral part of what we launch into, how we become intentional in this fast that we're going to go in, but not, but not just this fast, but this year. Because I, this is really the placement of this uh, fasting time is, is because it's at the beginning of this year. You know, it's just, a, it's just another day unless you choose to make it become like a reset. You know, and, and everybody just admitted that they can't remember what they were going to do last year. So, so let's just make it a reset. Okay, we didn't get it done completely like we want to. But, but what does God want for us with, not, it's like Hunter said earlier, it, it, it needs to be a continual thing that we're about. Not just because it's a new year or else we become part of the health club bunch. It, it is 
Amanda's birthday, though. We just, it is a special day. We have to make sure. Yeah. It's not just a day. It's Amanda's birthday. <laughs> so we want to acknowledge. Meant, I meant New Year's, but actually, anybody's birthday tomorrow? My next door neighbor. Anniversary. That's right. My next door neighbor, Garth Gay. His birthday is on the same anniversary. I think his grandfather. Anyway, um, so some people, it does matter. It, it is not just another day. But in actuality, uh, you know, it's, it's a wonderful opportunity to become refocused on him. So I, I would challenge us, if there, did anybody have anything that you were planning on doing last year, that, like you set before you, did anybody have some of those kind of things, you know, and, and, uh, and I would just challenge us, what would, what kept us from accomplishing something or whatever does? What keeps us from accomplishing something that is of worth? Okay? And I will challenge us with this. What is certain to change? What's coming up this next year? What? Because we can plan. And this is usually what happens. This is, I, man, you can put a picture of yourself on, on, the, on the refrigerator that, you know, is what you want to become. You know, um, I can put a picture of Hunter on there. I want to. Uh, but but what keeps you from that are things that are variable in the next year. How, how many would love to just have a prophecy over you? Everything's going to just be great this next year. Wouldn't that be wonderful? There's a lot but, of them. But we don't have that <laughs> promise from the word of God at all. We have the promise that we can we'll be victorious. But, you know, to be victorious, you have to have a battle. You have to go through something. Is that right? So that means really the, the, what we can be assured of is nothing's going to be like we planned it. The circumstances, what we meet, what, what, uh, what we encounter, we can't plan on that. It's going to change. Is that right? So what is certain? You can help me get, get these up here. I'm, I'm getting into my notes now. So if you want some notes, they're on in, the, in the app here. Um, and I've got my... This, this is going to help so much, having my wife there with me today. Amen. Isn't she beautiful? She is so wonderful in her intentionality that, that includes me. And, um, but, so this first thing I want us to say is, what, so what is certain to change in this coming year? Circumstances, right? Things that you don't see coming. And your surroundings. So, if there's, if there's any reason that, that something doesn't get accomplished, even things that we have going on in our life, I, we have dreams, don't we? We have things that aren't New Year's based, but they're, they're part of our life. What keeps them, them from happening? And there's circumstances that we go through, and I would just call it life. It's not some kind of test. It's life that happens. That something happens. You had a plan on getting something done, but I went to the health club, and there were too many people there. On the machines. So I can't do that. I get to go home. I don't have to, I don't have to do that now. <laughs> but what I would like to call these things is distractions. Okay? And, and what they are is, is the inability to keep your focus on where you need to go. Is that right? So I just want to look at a list of these real quick. So a distraction would be a storm, right? It's really hard to, to even go down the road sometimes if you've got a storm going on that's, that's really strong. And I'll use a, an illustration a little bit, but, you know, we were going up to Col uh, Colorado, I think, for Christmas about, what was it, three, four years ago, Hunter? And um, then we had that whiteout in South Park. Anybody ever heard of South Park? You've heard of the TV show, right? Well, there actually is a South Park, and it's close to where my, my parents live, and, and there's a big park there. It's about 20 feet wide. Well, man, when the snow comes, you're not getting anywhere. When there's a whiteout, and we're going to look at, at how you actually do proceed, but if, if, if it's just the, the ability to see, you're going to be greatly inhibited. A storm can do that, too. It can scare the daylights out of you. It's like, I'm not going to go outside right now. It's pouring rain. I, I, can't, I can't accomplish what I was going to do. There's a storm going on, right? 
Rejection. How many have encountered rejection that, that becomes a distraction? Right? It's like, I can't do this. You know, this is something. <laughs> I did some. Anybody do, do sales? And, and I've, I've done enough to, to find out that maybe I need to focus on my guitar a little bit more or something. <laughs> but, but, but there was this book that, 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 that they encouraged me to read, and I think it's good for anybody, but it says, go for the no. You know, don't be afraid of the rejection. Because what, what rejection does is, is it distracts you. It, there was something you were going towards. You're going towards success, but it gets your eyes off of that because now you're looking over here at something that is completely in opposition to where you want to go. Rejection can be that. You know what? Windfalls. What's a windfall? That's, that's when you have a whole bunch of blessing come in. It's like, oh, I don't have to work anymore. Praise the God. And, and, and so progress gets inhibited. And a windfall can be a distraction. Is that right? Okay. Opposition. That means you got somebody that's in competition to you. Okay, I can't do it because they're doing it better than me. I might as well just give up, right? Other kinds of opposition too. Affliction. You know, one of the biggest things, have you ever gotten sick like right when you need to be getting something done? And it just don't get done. It's like, I know Orlando, I asked him, he, he got COVID, right? Just recently. It's like, he's supposed to be working. He's got all these calls to go work in. He's not going to be able to do that. Why? Because there's a distraction. And it keeps, it, and it doesn't take much. I remember I, got, I had this thing with my shoulder. I don't know if anybody remembers. But I always get up here. I don't care how I feel. But I had this thing in my shoulder, and I couldn't get off the floor of my office. It's like, somebody else do it today. I can't do this. There's a distraction and affliction. And I think that's one of the biggest things that, they, that is a curse from the enemy. It's not just about you. It's about what you're supposed to be getting done. It doesn't get done. I think that's one of the biggest things why God wants to be our healer. Is so we can be liberated to go towards where we need to go. So affliction, sometimes we can make it so self-focused. And really what it is, it's a distraction from what we could be getting done. How many remember the, the guest speaker that we had, Kim, my friend, for the ladies' event? You guys remember her testimony. Her husband literally tried to, her ex-husband tried to kill her. Y'all remember? And went through all that. She had to go through major stuff. What she didn't tell you was right after that, um, her dog died. I know that seems very small, but it was a big deal at the time. And some other things happened, just one thing after another. Her mother almost died. Her father almost died, like right after one another, just all these things. Then she had to go through the trial with her ex-husband, and which put him in jail for 35 years, and just go through the trauma of what that was going through with her four children. And now she wrote me, and she's facing um, her youngest daughter, which is one of the twins, is dealing with breast cancer. She's never had a baby yet. She's young. She's very young. And I was telling Pastor Steve, you know, because it was fresh on my mind about this, how God has a purpose and a plan for her life to tell her testimony. And I thought, okay, immediately you go into sort of, you, you want to, you're tempted to go into the victim mentality and take you away from your purpose and why God, why am I going through this now? I've gone through all these other things. I thought I checked all the boxes off and I was done with all the stuff I had to go through. But now she's having to walk through this. And I was thinking about it. Psalm 23, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. And some things came up in my spirit and I wrote her and I said, this is what's coming to me. Having done all to stand, stand therefore. So you do everything you can do. And then the second stand means to abide. And so, and we're going to talk about that. But there's distractions and things that try to get you off course. We went through it with Haley with her with her body and some things that she went through and, and some things that Hayden went through and, and Hunter, all of them. And it's like the enemy is after the call on your life to distract you and keep you from doing the purpose and the plan that God has for your life. And this is what we want to really focus and hone in on today is, is our focus. What are we focused on? In the midst of all the turmoil, all the storms, the windfalls, the opposition, the affliction, the loss, the things, how do we stay focused intentionally? And I'm going to carry that word through the rest of my life because it's made such a difference for me. Intentionally, how do we do things to make a difference with our life? How do we intentionally 
make change. And we yeah. have to focus. One of the, one of, I did a teaching on distractions a long time ago, and one of the things that came to me was it's distractions and entanglements. Because distractions come, but then they entangle your emotions and your, your thoughts and your words and your, your, your whole intent of your life gets entangled with all these other things. And that, and you're going from fire to fire, putting out all these fires instead of staying focused and grounded, grounded on what God has for you. And that's why we have to stay in the word. Um, all right, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Okay. Um, it's free. Yeah, so, you know, and the, the next thing on the list there was, was loss. And I've gone through this in the last couple of years. And, and you don't you think people are going to live forever. Um, but a loss in your life uh, can be a distraction if it, if it gets in the way of, of seeing where you need to go. And so it, it becomes so critical to, to have a way. Yeah, loss of job, loss, loss of not just people, but loss of job. Just any kind of loss, loss in your of life. It can finances. Be, I mean, I, I had, <laughs> you can feel violated <laughs> when, you're, yeah. when you have things stolen from you. I, I, ha I had a new truck down in San Antonio. I was doing some roofing stuff. And I spent the night in the hotel, came out the, the next morning, hotel. and all my tools were gone. They'd broken into my truck and gotten my, my cougar paws, my... Um, those are his shoes to walk on roofs. Two hundred dollar yeah. boots. Yeah, that, that to crawl around on roofs. All, all, all my tools were gone. It's like, it's just kind of weird because you feel like somebody's violated. They've come in and taken stuff from you. One other thing too, and I didn't have it on the list there, but but sin. You know, sin is a distraction. It's, it's a major distraction. It's, it's why it's, it's something that so easily besets us, but it becomes a weight that we can't overcome because it's keeping us from being able to see ourselves as we really are in Christ. Yeah. And it so becomes a distraction. It becomes a veil over our eyes, right? Uh, so, all right. So what will not change, though? And so this is what is critical. These things change. We encounter some kind of affliction. We encounter some kind of a, a weight. We encounter rejection. We, and so those are things that we don't see coming, and, they, and, and, and it changes. We were good until we ran into that. And so it becomes a distraction, right? Mm -hmm. So what, 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 the way out of that is to have something that doesn't change. So if you're going to not be affected, or you're going to, and I've called this, uh, disabled distraction. How do you disable a distraction? There's a way to do that, and it's by doing, approaching it with something that will not so, just a couple of examples real quick, is in that storm that we were in, I mean, we couldn't see a thing if you look out the windshield, but I learned this a long time ago because I grew up in eastern Colorado, and we used to encounter these things all the time, and when the, when the snow's blowing so hard and the lights are on it, it just comes back in your eyes, and you, you can't see a thing, but it's really weird, and please don't do this because I'm telling you to do this. But there's something you usually can see that's not changing. It's not, it's, it's, it's visible. It's the side of the road. A lot of times when the wind's blowing that hard, especially if you're on a highway, you can still see the stripe on the side of the road. And that thing's not changing. Kind of. Now, there might be something that gets in front of you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have to, uh, and you better not be going too fast. I mean, because that's a thing, <laughs> you know. But. If you align yourself with something that's not changing, that's you can actually still move forward. It might be a lot slower. It might be more, uh, you know, strategic. We went 10. We went 10 miles an hour. We went really slow. <laughs> but you can still move. And we actually got through the park that way. Uh, and so what I, I, I actually sat on the right side. I let Hunter drive. And I told him what to do. Well, you would say you're five feet away from the line to yeah, the left. Yeah, I'd say, you're okay, you need to get back over away, closer because right. there were cars coming the other way, you know. Jesus, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> you betcha. I know where my and help comes from. we thought the snow was a distraction, you know. <laughs> so another real quick it's example scary. with that is, is you know, I, I'm not a pilot, 
But I'm amazed how these guys can fly through these clouds. You know, and, and I look out the window and I'm thinking, goodness gracious, there's a lot of stuff going on out there. And you just get to sit back in your chair and drink your drink and, you know, and, and just, you know, uh, it's, there's a whole lot that's going on that's not based upon anybody's feelings. It's not based upon the changing circumstances around it. Now, they might have to readjust, but what, what happens, this is my understanding, and, and you, somebody can help me with this, but when you sit down, you're, gonna, you're getting ready to go somewhere, you chart, you write down your coordinates, where you're going to go. Now, if something rises up, one of those arms, well, you know, things that you didn't see coming, you're going to have to go back to that spot. And you're going to have to rewrite an adjustment. But without that chart in the first place, you don't have anything to go by. Now, from that also, you have instruments in there that do not change. I mean, they, they adjust according to what's going on, but they... They will not be moved from a standpoint. They're remaining on a screen. And doesn't matter what you're feeling like. I mean, I, have, uh, I understand this, but you can actually be flying upside down according to what you feel like. <laughs> but the instruments will tell you exactly where you're supposed to be going. And if you keep your focus on something that will not change, then you can go through all the distractions and still stay on course. If your focus is kept on the right place. Can you see this? And and, and so I'm going to retouch this. But this is partly what needs to be taking place during our time of prayer. We're setting our course. We're saying, God, I'm not just going to do this myself. Because you can do this. You can go home today and you say, all right, family, what are we going to do this next year? We come up with all kinds of neat, cool things that we're going to do. Oh, we're going to do vacations on these dates. We're going to do all this. Good stuff to do, but what does God have to say about any of it? And if he's not getting involved in it, we're missing out. We might have a good time. Yeah. It's kind of like, like Luke was telling me. As I go, he says, you know, you can, be, you can hit the target of your neighbor and completely miss yours. There, there's something that God has. Did I say that right? Somewhat right anyway. Yeah, you hit the bullseye on your neighbor's target, and you hit the target, but it wasn't the right one. And, and, and I think this can happen so much. It's a big distraction for us, is I have something I want to do. It might not be your neighbor's even. It might just be yours. But what does God have to say about it? That's why we're going to see that there's some things that need to take place if we're going to not be led or moved. Because you can actually be led by distraction. All right, so what will not change is Isaiah 48. Don't you like Isaiah? Man, he's got so many cool things that he just says, man, what, what did he, what was their, his dreams like, you know? <laughs> Revelation, all of it. Okay. The grass withers, the flower fades. Those are things that can change, right? You can't plan on grass. Can't plan on flowers, but the word of our God stands forever. That means it's not going to move. I think it's really interesting that when, you know, John's talking about Jesus, he said, and the word, it was something that's not going to change. I'm, I'm so glad that he was passionate and he came for us and everything else, but he came with, for us with a standard that we could rely upon. Is that right? All right. I got another one here for you. 2 Corinthians 11.3. Pastor Kim, you want to share that one? It says, but I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. So just as Eve was deceived, there was uh, the enemy. And you know, there's another scripture we're going to read. It says the enemy comes, he's... Like a lion, he seeks whom he may devour. And we understand, you know, and the first part of that verse says, be sober, be vigilant. Excuse me. The word sober is uh, indicative of someone who is intoxicated or, or, you know, encouraging you not to be intoxicated. What does intoxication do to you? Um, I don't know myself, but I've heard that it 
I've been intoxicated with spirit. And when you're intoxicated, your mind is not even there. You can't focus on anything. You're completely caught up in whatever it is that you've been uh, attending to with your body or with your focus, with your mind, with your heart. And so those things are, is what it has you captive. It's held you captive. It, can, it That can happen even with what's in front of you, what's going on with your finances, what's going on with your health. Those things, you can be intoxicated with your cares. You can be intoxicated with worry. You can be intoxicated with fear. You can be intoxicated with what your purpose is supposed to be. You know that, right? And it can be such an intoxication that it takes over the the pure focus and determination that God has for your life. So just like Eve, it, it totally took her off track, and here we are in a fallen world because of what she did. <laughs> and, and what was so, she taken off of? She was taken <clears throat> off of, uh, and, and this is always the challenge, something <clears throat> that God had said. Yeah. Now, I just want to That's challenge good. us with this because this yeah. is before uh, the writing took place. There wasn't any writing that, I, that is, is noted. Do you know that? Do you know of any writing? I don't know of any writing. But God said something, and, and, and I just proposed this challenge that maybe when Eve was listening to God say that thing rather than saying, because what what did she what did the enemy come against her with? What was he came against her with a question, didn't he? What was the question? Did God say? Wouldn't it have been handy if she had have written it down? He said, "Yeah, he said that." <laughs> you know what I mean? What was her problem? The question about what was said. Yeah. There wasn't a clear standard. There wasn't there wasn't something that. No, he said this, so we can't go from that. Yeah. No, as soon as we allow there to be a diversion from a standard, we're going to be susceptible to a fall and a missing of the target, right? So sometimes we can say, well, that, and I just really, <laughs> I want to challenge myself with this. You know, I, when I was, I was pretty good in school and in high school, and I could get by without taking notes. But man, when I got into college, I got scared. Stuff's coming at me a whole lot faster. I took a speed reading class so I could learn how to speed read, but then they also taught you how to take notes in a way that's going to be effective. Why? Because if something, if I'm going to need to know something, what was that other thing you said about being a fool? Um, a fool doesn't uh, fail to take notes. What was it? That was, that was so good. He only trusts his memory. Oh, only a fool trusts his memory when his life. He is forgot on to the write line. that down. Isn't that good? <laughs> uh, what's that? You forgot to write that down. Yeah, I didn't. What I you're saying? Down. See how? But I, I brought somebody that, that his mind is like a, a manuscript. So, um, only a fool trusts his memory when his life is on the line. Eve was a fool. You didn't write it down. How critical it is. If, if it's, if it's going to be important, you know, and God is the example, if it was important, what did he do? He had somebody write it down. Yeah. Why? Because there's going to be, and here's the deception. Here's part of the distraction. As we just sail in, we can just sail into church or we can, we can get up in the day, however, because this needs to be happening every day, right? Yeah. That we're being exposed to something from God that's important for us. Is that right? So we can sail through and we can say, just like I did with his wonderful statement about being a fool. Actually, I remembered it really well, but I just wanted him. No, no, I, I did forget it. Um, but we can say, and, and man, I don't know about you. I, I found this, this with music. I get, it, I get the coolest songs that come to me like even in the middle of the night or something. I think... Oh, that's so great, but I don't need to do anything with it right now because it's so great, I'll just remember it. And I don't. And I'm so grateful that Apple came up with this voice memo app that I've got hundreds of songs, ideas. Why? Because if I don't put them down, they're not coming back. And if they're important, I, I put an importance on that if, if I got this inspiration 
it needs to be taken care of. And the more you care for something that you've been given, the more will come. So how many would like to hear a word from God? Well, what are you doing with the word he's given you? Yeah, that's right. Is that right? I think it's really important just to add, um, you know, in the morning we get up, how many of us get up in the morning, we do our devotions. And the first part of that word is called, is, is devote. You're devoted to something. And um, for a season, I, you know, got busy a while back and didn't have my time where I wrote things down. I had time, but it was real quick, you know. It wasn't a time of writing. And I have a routine where I like to sit down and write some things out. I've got some studies that I use. And they're not very lengthy, but it's just enough where it's just that I write some things down and it start, starts to jog my spirit to hear what the Holy Spirit wants to Because if you're just reading through something, it, it, it can become very monotonous. You know, okay, I did it. There, I'm done. But if you're starting to write some things down, it gives an avenue for the Holy Spirit to speak to you and yeah. encourage you. And then you start having an ear to hear what he has to say. So it's not just monotonous and it's not just a routine, but then it becomes a devoted time where you're devoted to the Lord to hear what he has to say. And it opens up your spirit to hear from his spirit. And then you're, you're writing some things down. And, you know, I was... As you were talking, um, I don't know if you're going to use this, but I was thinking about this last night when you were talking about it, how God thought it was important enough to call Moses up and write some things down, his laws, the Ten Commandments, on a tablet. He wrote them down. He didn't just impart them into Moses' heart. Here it is. Here's the impartation from the Spirit. I'm going to give you the Ten Commandments. No, he actually, there was a writing of those tablets. When they got broke, he wrote them again. And that, Yeah, it was important enough yeah. to write it again. So there's something about, and then he wrote the scripture. Yeah. The scripture was written out. Yeah. So again, the deception can be, and the distraction can be, that it doesn't, I don't need to do anything about that right now. Now, it's, it's like, if you don't know that your life is at stake, you won't write it. If you do, you're going to write it. So the deception is, my, it, 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 it doesn't matter. And this happens with God's word all the time. Yeah. We get revelation that will change our life. We'll put on us a on a trajectory towards something that is God plan for our life. Yeah. And we say, uh, I'll get to that later. It's not important now. But the problem is, if it's not written down now, at the time when it is, when your life is at stake, you're not going to be able to find it. You won't remember. All right, and let's we have no excuses. We have so much available to us now, technology. I've learned how to use Siri. How many of you use Siri in your car now? I used it the other day. Siri, navigate to wherever we went, and main event. And I was like, because I couldn't remember which exit. And I'm thinking, man, this is handy. How many of you use Siri? Do you all talk to Siri? Tell her what to do? It's pretty awesome. You can, you, can tell her to, you can tell her to text. I have her text Kimberly Beerman. Little, little things that the Holy Spirit will speak to me while I'm driving. How many have the Holy Spirit speak to you a lot when you're driving or in the shower those times? And you just want to grab your phone and you don't want to go through it. You, okay, Siri, text Kimberly Behrman. And then this is the phrase that I have or the statement that the Holy Spirit will And it, then you have it down. It's written down somewhere. Yeah, that's good. So, again, let's look at Habakkuk 2.2. Uh, two. Um, so there needs to be an awakening of the necessity of documentation. This, this experience that we haven't got, I've been so impressed. You know, we were praying about it this morning. I, was, I, I kind of saw it in prayer anyway. That, that we've been brought into a different realm. We're not, we don't know this realm of the spirit. Uh, I'm sorry, but I don't care how long you've been doing it. You don't know. It's so much bigger. It's so much beyond where we've been. And so we need to be doing as much as we can with what we get every single time. Yeah. Right? Habakkuk 2.2 says, the Lord answered me, write down this vision. Clearly inscribe it on tablets so one may easily read it. For the vision is yet for the appointed time. What's it saying? It might not be for right now. There's a time when it's going to have to be. It's an appointed time, right? It testifies about the end and will not lie. Though it delays, wait for it, since it will certainly come. And not be late. 
That means if, if God said something, we can't just take it lightly and say, well, it's not going to happen, I guess, because circumstances that change aren't aligning with what I thought they should be. No, this is the standard that you say, I'm, I'm going to look at this no matter what happens. No matter if I feel like I'm upside down or not, I'm going to look at this standard. Right? Okay. 2 Corinthians 11.3. Pastor Steve. Oh, did I already get you that? Yeah, I did. Now. Okay, Here's the other one. That. Let's, go to, <laughs> let's go to Isaiah 38. What is written now in his presence secures the future with purpose. So has anybody done this? I know we do this uh, like in church a lot of times. What happens in those moments when all other distractions are gone? You can make like really wonderful decisions, can't you? You say, I'm going to do this. Why? Because you don't have any other distractions. You know what I'm talking about? And, and, and it's like that pilot with the plane. He doesn't get out the chart after he's already in the air. Right? He goes to a room where there's no distractions, and he says, okay, I can't, I can't be looking at anything else when I'm making the plan that I'm going to go to. Right? So when we're looking at this, we can, we can be acknowledged, okay, I, I really need to get some stuff going. But how does that happen in a practical way? Well, first of all, if you're not going to be disabled by uh, distractions, you have to remove them when you're preparing. Does this make sense? So in order for there to be any way of, of, of developing that standard, like what she was talking about, like in those devoted, what are those devoted moments? That's when you don't have anything else but the face of God and his word before you. It's so easy. She was getting after me, and, and this is true. I, I like Audible. Anybody like Audible? I like it because I can do everything else while I'm doing it. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm just multitasking, right? It's like, I, it's happening. But when it comes to the standards that, that are going to be our guideline through the many distractions that are certain to come, we're going to have to have that moment when there's no distractions. When we remove, we intentionally <laughs> remove distractions. Because if I'm going to get the heart of God, I can't get it in the middle of distractions. I have to get it free of any distractions. And that's something that I'm going to have to do on purpose. It's like I've used this example before, but it's like when Haley is disciplining her kids and they're acting kind of crazy. Liam, he kind of will get kind of out of whack sometimes. His mind's on many things. And she'll hold him, his face in her hand and say, look into my eyes into my eyes she wants him to focus because she sees that he's so preoccupied with so many other things and it's usually self things but those that ability to stop and look into the eyes of God and let him talk to you and let him speak to you that's where the change comes that's where well it's what the word says that as we behold him we're changed and so it's not something that we and I don't want anybody to leave here feeling heavy and like oh I I just, I'm, here's another year, and I'm the same old, same old, and I can't seem to change anything, and, and I'm just a, you know, just a worm, and I can't, you know, I don't want you to walk away feeling this way, because change is available for all of us. We're telling you, we're showing you the way, we're helping you see. It's the little things, it's the little, little ch uh, choices, the little changes that will make an overall huge change in your life. Uh, one of my one of my intentional changes this year was I wanted to lose a set amount of weight and I wanted to but not just the weight I wanted to change my eating because I had some uh, blood work done and I was pre-diabetic and, and and pre this and pre that and and my family uh, if you look at the generations there's some major issues with health things that are in the family line and so do I just fall into saying, oh, well, it's just a family thing? Or do I say, no, I can make some change. I can intentionally do something different from what maybe my family in the past has done because I don't want to die at 75 with a heart attack or whatever. And so intentionally, and it wasn't something that happened easy. I had to make some choices to sacrifice some things and focus on what I wanted, focus on those changes. And I just give that as an example because 
I think it happens with everything, spiritual, uh, 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 mental changes, all the things that we, financial changes. We're going to have to slowly, every day, make some different choices to make those changes. And that's how it happens. It's, it's the focus. It's, it's the intentional writing it down. And I was thinking about this. How many girls, when you were growing up, you had a notebook? And uh, I still have some of those notebooks. And in the back of my notebook, I wrote my, my name and my boyfriend's last name. How many did that? Yes, my daughter did. Really I know. You wrote, don't, don't say anything. <laughs> but you, you, and then you write your kids' names. Did anybody do that? You write kids' names. No, I didn't name them any of those names. But so you start right. And I'm thinking how it's innate in us that we it's it's a thing that we do that we write things down intentionally. I remember as a as a young girl, uh, I wrote I journaled and I talked to God that way. That was my journaling was talking to God. It, I could talk to God, but why did I write it down? There was something about writing it down that I could see. And can I just read this really quick, or am I diverting too much? Am I making a distraction I'm getting real distracted. for your distraction? That dress. <laughs> <laughs> ah! I, I, I wore this on purpose because this is <laughs> this is on this is a distraction. So you know. My illustration. Yeah, you know, I'm kidding. No, I just was. I looked up the word vision because you know we're talking about distractions. We're talking about having a vision, writing the vision down, making it plain. And I saw something here that I thought was really interesting. So when you have vision for something and you need to write it down, not diverting, stick with me here. The word vision is the act or power of seeing. We know that. But listen to this. The special sense by which the qualities of an object, color, luminosity, shape, size, constituting its appearance are perceived through a process in which light rays Entering the eye are transformed by the retina into electrical signals that are transmitted to the brain via optic nerve. Did you catch that? So what I wanted to point out was that the light rays entering into the eye are being transformed by the retina, and there's an electrical signal that's taking place in your brain. What I see is the, word, the entrance of the word brings light. Yeah. So when we have vision for something, the entrance of the, the light rays entering the eye, the eye of the spirit, there's a transformation that takes place. And you start to see, you start to have vision for the things that the Holy Spirit has for you. And that's when you start saying, okay, we are so full. He's put so much in us. There are so many deposits on the inside of us. And we are cutting ourselves and the Holy Spirit short if we are not activating it by writing it down and simply acting on what he has given us, our purpose. What, when we're so focused on the, on the what isn't instead of the what is, and we end up acting out the what isn't instead of acting on the what is. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah. That's good. So, it, it, it has to be something that we're, we're practically saying, I'm going to uh, remove any kind of distraction in order to get to that place. Because in the middle of distractions, even, even, even what we think is from God, I've had so many people tell me that God's telling them to do something, and I'm thinking, you're telling me this in the middle of a big distraction. And really what you're hearing is your own yeah. desires. Yeah, they're led by desires. You actually have to remove yourself from any of the things that are oppressing you, and you have to say, and, and so again, we're preparing for this next week, right? The, the, the purpose in this time is going to say, uh, okay, if, if I'm going to hear something from God, I'm going to have to remove that every other influence. And if it's just for a little, this is what's really cool about this, is it doesn't take all day long, like it's supposed to, mm -hmm. but it takes a little bit of time. I thought about this. Uh, we were building something for Mimi the other day, and, and, and Buddy, I built this, I built this um, uh, cradle. My oldest sister was having a child when I was a senior in high school. And we had this great wood shop in high school. And it and, um, had all these uh, machines, you know, for planing and for joining and, and all this kind of stuff. And uh, I got these plans for this cradle. It's a really cool cradle. It's, it's not just got uh, beveled sides on it. It's got doweled little uh, things around the top of it. And it, it all goes together with wedges. And, and um, it, it's really neat. It's made out of... Uh, oak and um, 
when I, I, I think about that thing, I think, that's really amazing. I can't, I don't even remember doing it, you know. It's like, <laughs> but, and I had a wood shop every day for one year that I didn't get to work the whole period. You had to clean stuff up, had to get it out. And it was all, it wasn't just, uh, you know, pre-cut things from, it was raw wood that you had to actually take to the right depths and do. So there was a lot of process going on. And I, I was just thinking back on it because I was, I just really submitted myself to the process. But I was thinking, I was just doing something for maybe 30 minutes a day. And at the end of the year, that thing was done. You know, I'm thinking how, if we could just give ourselves to God, just, I was a senior in high school, but, um, and it's like, Buddy was acting like I'm some great craftsman or something. No, I was just, you know, using the tools given me and doing what I was told to do, you know, whatnot. But and now all the family has used it. Every sister, it's been now an our kids. All, all my uh, nieces and nephews have used it. It's really kind of cool. What's that? And they have it. They're getting ready for the next one coming here in February. But my point is, what we're talking about, this, this, this process of getting on, the, on course with God, is not something that's going to happen right now that you just get... It, it, it's not a quick thing. It's a lifestyle that if you allow God, what did happen is during that period, I wasn't doing anything else. I wasn't playing football. I wasn't teasing the girls. I wasn't putting a bullet in the furnace. Anybody hear the Bill Cosby thing? <laughs> Anybody know that? Oh, there's a Bill Cosby skit where he says, you know, if you put a bullet in a furnace. Anyway, um, I can't do that. That was a distraction. That was a distraction. <laughs> I got distracted by Bill Cosby. Um, but what God wants to take us to, it, it, and, and this is what we can be committed to, and it's like Pastor Kim said, there's, there's no condemnation, there's opportunity. Right. But what God wants to build in us is much more than a, a cradle. He wants to build a life. That actually represents him. But it's dependent on our commitment. So let's look real quick here. Again, it's going to take this time. And this is why we have a a time of fasting. It's why it is to set aside the distractions so that there's nothing affecting our hearing from God. You can say, well, I've already heard from. Well, let's hear some more, right? (laughs) Isaiah 38. Go now. Write it on a tablet in their presence. That means go do it. In, in a time when it's there's um, a collective focus. This is why we do it as a church, right? Inscribe it on a scroll. It will be for the future forever and ever. What is the purpose of the writing? And this is where you, I think you have to get beyond what is it doing for me right now? Because so much of the time, even when we come to church, what's it doing for me right now? What'd you get out of church right now? Well, it's not about right now. It's about 10 years from now when I've been faithful to God and his word. And there's a crisis, and I'm no fool. I wrote it down. My life needs me to be faithful today, 10 years from now. Right? And it's going to require me developing not just 21 days of fasting, but a lifestyle of fasting where I say every day, distractions, you are disabled because I'm hearing the voice of God during this time. Is that right? Okay, so how do... How to get it. So I, let's go back to that verse that said, write it. What is it? And that's the critical thing. How do you get it? Because we are all beings here. We are all, you know what? You do not get a, this is, you don't have to go to Bible school to be a minister, to be what God's called, called you, to be his creation, to its fullness, right where you are. And, and it requires the same thing it would of anybody else. How to get it from where will it come? What is that? It's going to require moments free from distractions before they show up. Before the, sh- before the distractions show up, you have to be disabling them alone anyway. Right? There has to be intentional exposure to what is already written. So, this isn't just... Humana, humana, humana. Whatever pops into my brain, I'm going to write down. No, you're, you're basing it upon something that's already been written down. There is no stability 
in what you just think. I, I, you know, I come from the 70s. What they have, Cheech and Chong, you know, they're sitting around smoking dope and coming up with all kinds of big ideas about this or that, you know, and it's like, I, I didn't really follow any of that. I just kind of noticed what was going on. It's like, people think that they get enlightened thoughts, you know, when you're liberated from the confines of not being influenced by that stuff. <laughs> but, um, but what we base our thoughts on, the ones that we can actually align ourselves with that are going to disable those variables to come, uh, they have to be based upon what God has already said. Now, this is what, so there's going to be two things that we're going to be doing this next time that I want to encourage us in, is to be getting something from the heart of God about it, what he's written, and then saying, okay, God, I'm ready for you to speak to me. What do you want from me? Amen? It needs to be preceded by what he's already said, what it's in there, right? And then reception of personal direction, revelations, the moments at his throne, many books, Joseph said, right? So that's where it comes from. What are we writing down? And we better write it down. If I can't remember a, a musical phrase, we're not going to remember a phrase from God, even though it's God talking. Eve didn't, right? It's those moments of distraction to come that written instruction will affect. Okay, well, let me just say this one more time. Deuteronomy 5.32. Be careful to do as the Lord your God has commanded you. It's really hard to do something if you can't remember what it was. That's why with the law, he said, put it before your eyes. Put it on your door. Put it everywhere. Because you're not going to remember it if it isn't written down. You better have a real encounter with him, but you better not make it like it's nothing, enough to not write something down. They wore those little frontlets, I think they're called, where they roll the scripture up and put it in right in, in front of their eyes. They were literal about it to remember what the word said. It's important to do what God has, has declared. And you're going to turn, what does it say? Don't turn to the right or the left. What is that? That's a distraction, isn't it? That's a billboard. I think I'll just stop here right now. And you'll never get to Louisiana if you stop at all the billboards. No. Follow the whole instruction the Lord your God has commanded you so that you may live, prosper, and have a long life in the land you will possess. Huh. So God is doing this not to just make us his slaves that don't get to have any fun at all. He's, get, he's doing this for our best, to enable our best, to impart his best through us, right? Okay. Let me just look at uh, Revelation. This is where I thought some of this stuff. It's in Revelation. I'm not going to read this whole passage, but, uh, you know, this, this is towards the end there. And he, and he says, oh, let me just read the first part. Look, I am making everything new. Right, because these words are faithful and true. He didn't say, I'm sure you'll remember this because it's such a great graphic display of how great I am and all the display of God's glory and everything else. Sometimes we just want to have, how many would just like to experience God's glory and just overwhelm everybody and be just overtaken? I want that, but you know what it's going to be based upon? It's going to be based upon what we're doing with what he said. It's going to come from, that, that's what happened in this, in this instance, right? It says, okay, these words are faithful and they're true. Write them down. What we're doing with what God has said does everything to do, has everything to do with what we're going to experience of his glory. The more you honor what he's declared, the more you're going to experience the display of him. Because he makes himself, he says, I've honored my word above my name. What are you doing? Right? Okay. Um, 1 Corinthians 7, 6, 5. Very similar to this passage we just read. It says, I am saying this for you, your own good, not to restrict you, but that you may live in a right way in undivided devotion to the Lord. And I was also thinking about, it's not in here, but Romans 12, 1 and 2, it says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The world is just going with whatever wind and whatever thing it, it wants to do. But our way has to be established on the word of God. And that only comes through our staying, our, keeping our course 
by staying in the Word of God. When we get in the Word of God, there's a transformation that takes place in our mind. Our spirit's been renewed by the blood of Jesus, but the transformation has to take place through us getting into the Word. And if there's no Word being uh, established in your life, then there's no transformation that's taken place. And so if there's not transformation, there's conforming to the world. What's that saying you had years ago? Um, I forget how it went, but just if you're not being transformed by the world, you're being deformed, word, you're being deformed by the world. That's what it was. So it's, because uh, th there's always a vying for your attention. There's always a vying for your focus. There's always a, 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 a drawing and a pulling downward towards what the enemy wants for your life, because there's a battle for our lives. And, and, but we win, and the way we win is by staying focused and staying in the Word of God and allowing that transformation to take place, staying devoted, undivided attention Amen. to what he has for us. So I just want to encourage us. There's going to be um, this last verse we're going to look at here is the promise that we have from Jesus about this coming year. And uh, it's uh, John 16, 33. It says, you're going to have trials. You're going to have distractions. And we could look at them like distractions. But how do you actually disable the power of a distraction is... Because, you know, even even sickness, sin, all these things that we can say like, that they're curses from the enemy. But how do you disable them by not being affected by them because your standard is somewhere else? Can you see this? <laughs> so there's victory for us, assured victory, no matter what the circumstances, if we establish a standard now. So we can lose a job, we can lose a family member, we can, and this, these things happen. Jesus said they're going to happen. But then he says, what does he say? But be of good cheer. And I've thought about that before. I thought, well, I guess I just need to be oblivious to everything that's going on and just start being a cheerful person, even though I'm enduring all these terrible things. And he says, because I've overcome. And how does he overcome? How did he overcome when he's tempted? He said, it's written, didn't he? He said, it's written. How do we, how do, how, how do we take these trials that might come this year and, and we're going to be victorious no matter what, right? But based upon what, it's going to be upon what God has said, but not just in his word. It has to become word to us. You know, Jesus said, uh, it, it says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. I believe the word becomes flesh in us. The more we document it, the more we make it ours. Amen? So we have this opportunity. I, now I'm, I'm encouraging this. Are you encouraged? We have a way to establish the path before us in this coming year. <laughs> and for us to get things that are not just good ideas. I'm going to lose some weight, but that's not, that's not the big deal, you know. I think there are things that are personal, but, but God has something for us that we need to be able to say at the end of this year that God spoke something to me that I set my heart towards, and every day I got out the tools and I worked on it a little bit. And by the end of this year, we should be able to show something for it, Right? And it should become an heirloom. That it's not just about me, but it's about every person that I influence. That they're able to, to experience the blessing of what I've committed myself to faithfully. Not about myself. I've gotten over sin. I've gotten over affliction. I've, I've defeated those things by revelation that I've gotten from the Word of God. So no longer are they keeping me from being that fulfilled commitment of what God's put inside of me. Can you see that? So let's go towards this in this next week. Can we do that? We can. I, I encourage you. We're going to have some. Um, we're going to have some ways of, of uh, a calendar where you can decide if you want to do different kinds. I know I've had some people asking what kind of uh, fast we have. You know, you can do whatever you'd like, um, but there needs to be on a daily basis a setting aside that. This distraction is not going to be between me and God. You know, we're going to eat again in our lives, you know. <laughs> so, but for this period of time, 
at least this food group is not going to be something that's distracting me. And, I'm, and it's not just going to be that. No, I'm, I'm in a room making plans with God instead, undistracted by this stuff. And I encourage us, don't let it just be about one thing. Don't say, well, I'm not eating, so I guess I get to watch Netflix today, you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not, it's not becoming a multitasker uh, uh, faster, you know. Man, I can fast and do all kinds of things at the same time. No, no, I'm, I'm going to commit myself to this, all right? So we're going to partake of communion right now. And um, let's let this be a, a commitment to that in our hearts. Can we do that?